Sisters Talk Brothers is a spoiler-filled podcast about the TV show Supernatural. Music credit goes to Hans Adam and their song in the Creative Commons called Paint the Sky. Driver picks the music, Shotgun shuts his cake hole. On with the show. Hello, Kindle. And hello, world. How's it going, world? On this most holy of days, I hope it is filled with love and any kind of weather at all, because all weather is blessed by Mother Earth and beauty and joy and happiness. And all that jazz. Hot dog, it's Sunday, Hannah. Well, it's Sunday for us. It's Sunday everywhere. <laughs> always. It's Sunday Unless in it's, our hearts. It's always Sunday in my heart, Hannah. <laughs> Unless it's Monday, and then I'm just sad because it's so far. <laughs> well, Hannah, we do try and keep Sunday in our hearts always. People might not know this, those who know us personally. Because uh, yeah. We are heathens through and through. Absolutely. <laughs> but we were raised quite strictly in the church. Like... Yeah, up until up until I was about eight and you were about 13, 14. Yeah, yeah. So maybe I not mean, quite I, as... I continued to do some church hopping after we stopped going as a family just because it's what I knew. But no, I didn't. I didn't continue in the church life for very long. Yeah, it's kind of odd because I continued in the church up until that age we just spoke of, and at that point, I was like, "Quit this shit! It's all been a lie." And you were still kind of in the baby stages. So then, when we moved to Bumfuck, Tennessee, where everybody's like. Do you go to church? And I want to save your soul. And I can't date you if you don't go to church. Uh, yeah, there was a lot of like just community pressure to take part in church for you. And meanwhile, I was like, fuck all y'all. <laughs> I ain't doing it. Yeah, and at the age I was, I didn't really think about it. I continued to go to church because that's what I knew. And mm-hmm. they had like snacks on Wednesday nights. So, I mean, folks, here's, here is the experience of mine and Hannah's childhood. We grew up in the church style, whereupon you go up to get prayed upon, and the pastor touches your forehead, and you fall back, backwards, speaking in tongues, and you lay on the floor and, like, convulse for a few minutes because angels are entering you or some shit. And then got out of that... And moved to a small town where everything closes at noon on Wednesdays because they gotta get their ass to that midweek church service. Mm-hmm. Despite all the negativity that we might associate with the church, we still have a lot of positive church experiences. In fact, because of my wife, I've recently gotten back into church and I have found it a much changed world. Turns out, Hannah, 
there are good churches out there. Yeah. There are good people who just want to love each other and want to be positive together. Isn't that crazy? <laughs> it's so weird. <laughs> like, it's, it's just a place where once a week everybody gets together and says, hey, how can we be better people? I'm like, holy shit. <laughs> where have you guys been all my life? <laughs> yeah. Where was this positivity where anybody's accepted? Because, like, even the... Uh, the church we're still members of, even though we have moved across the country. Uh, I was at one point straight up. Okay, one. First, we went to a retreat because we were like, if we're going to do church, we're going to fucking do church. We're going to go to that retreat. <laughs> uh, where somebody in that retreat was straight up like, how do we even, like, why does everybody put the emphasis on Jesus? Like, how do we even know that Jesus was actually a saint? And I was like, oh. <gasps> You could say that in church? <laughs> and I later went on to be like, I don't know that I believe in God as an entity, but I believe in all the shit that everybody teaches here. And they're like, yeah, cool, whatever. <laughs> yeah, wow. Was, wow. I, I, it's, it's been uh, a little life-changing. Maybe not life-changing, but perspective-changing. Yeah. yeah. It's, um, but we were talking about uh, in the past, however, well, maybe not all the way past because yeah. uh, let's talk about some positive church experiences because we are learning that not all Christians suck. A lot of the, the ones in the media mainly do. The, the underground Christians are the cool ones. <laughs> I've had I've had a few positive church experiences and the one that really touched my heart the most was I met a woman um when I was going to the church just down the road from our house Mm -hmm. um and she's she was the first person I started to share my poetry with and like Wednesdays I would like come with a little stapled packet of poems I had been writing and I remember you know, she would just encourage me so much, even the ones that I was, like, scared of sharing because they were so personal. Like, early on, like, most of my work, I didn't know how personal it was, but... You were so young and so naive. You're like, everybody goes through this, right? And it's like, oh, oh, dang, son, this is, this is dark. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, but at no point did she make me feel bad about what I was writing. She was always very encouraging of me expressing my feelings. And so, years later, um, it was after I had had the little book signing um, at our local Mm -hmm. library. Um, I ran into her at the grocery store and I happened to have a few copies of my book with me and I gave her a copy and I signed it and she was so happy for me and like... I'm getting a little teared up yeah. because she supported me like someone who wasn't a member of my family, who wasn't one of my friends. She was just a lady I went to church with that she had been so supportive of, of me, you know. So that was my positive <clears throat> church experience. She she kept me going to church That is for the while that I did. That is seriously awesome. Like, And that is a true moment of christianity right there like it's it's so much easier and i know because i'm guilty of it to have some 
young teen or preteen come up to you like, I want to share with you my writing. And you're like, this is such crap. (laughs) Nobody's a good writer at that age unless you are, you know, a prodigy. (laughs) But you need people to, who aren't required to say nice things by law or by familiar relation to encourage you because now you're a fantastic writer and it's, you know, and it's because you had somebody in your life who didn't do the easy thing, but did the sincere and loving thing of taking the time to read it, to recognize the stage of your life and the necessity of it, and then encourage you more. Like, that's beautiful. I love it. My, my moment that I thought of wasn't nearly as meaningful, so I kind of wish we had started with mine. <laughs> um, so a lot of my early childhood memories that are positive are now kind of tinged because, you know. Of later revelations? Yeah. So I instead looked at my more recent past, uh, talking about the church I just mentioned, uh, First Presbyterian mm-hmm. Church of Glen Cove. If anybody in New York is listening, definitely go check them out. Just, we're, even though we moved, we're like, we're still going to be members. We're still going to come see you guys at Christmas. Like, <laughs> this is, this is our family. <laughs> like, I got super involved in that church, and I even became uh, a member of session, like an elder of the church. Uh, wow. Yeah. And it was all because our awesome pastor had to move and it kind of left the church in a lurch yeah. <laughs> hey hannah i'm a poet too <laughs> and, and so you know and money was tight so it was like how do we make sundays happen until we can get a new pastor in and it's been like a year-long process to get uh, somebody in as a permanent pastor. But anyways, so in the interim, uh, we decided that members of the congregation would take turns leading Sunday service. And I actually ended up doing a couple. But the first one just made me feel so good because I thought it was super out there. Um, And there's a certain podcast I like to listen to called Harry Potter and the Sacred Texts. Where, yeah. um, to go you know, like holy texts like the Bible and the Torah and the Quran and, you know, multiple others are all said to be inspired by God. Well, what does inspired by God like mean? Like, how do you know a text is holy? And so they treat Harry Potter as a text that is holy because whether it was written with God in mind or not, it has touched Lessons. It has lessons that has touched people all over the world, regardless of their religious background. And so they teach a lot of uh, sacred reading practices that, you know, you might learn if you went to Bible studies, which I did not, you know, <laughs> or if you went to Torah studies, and I definitely did not. Um, and they teach different reading practices from across cultures and across backgrounds and across religions. And so what I did for my service for the church was I pulled texts from uh, Buddhism, the Quran, 
and the Bible. And I also had a poem, too, that I pulled, but then that we ran out of time. And we did different reading practices and basically had a Bible, or not a Bible, but like a scripture study in church. And I was so scared that, you know, I would ask a question or prompt discussion and people would just be like silent and awkward. But no, like everybody was super engaging with me and with each other. And the reason why I couldn't do the fourth reading was because we ran out of time because people were so like engrossed in discussing the, this text from the Quran, you know, in, in a oh. Presbyterian church that's been around for at least 100 years. That is impressive, Kendall. Yeah, and then afterwards, people, like, called me and texted me and were like, that was great, that was amazing, and I was just, I was so proud of them <laughs> for being such an open-minded, I'm saying this word again, but engaging group of people that, mm -hmm. you know, just want to come together and learn to be better people, and I was then proud of myself for facilitating that, but I was... Just more so thrilled yeah. that everybody uh, was enthralled with this reading practice as I have been, you know? Mm -hmm. Oh, man, Hannah, that's a lot of church talk. That is I a lot like of church talk. I feel like we lost at least one listener. <laughs> <laughs> at least one. who's like, I just want to skip, skip, skip till I hear some music and tells me that we are going on to discuss season two Episode 13, Houses of the Holy. No, that's, no, that's a bomb ass segue. So hit me with that recap. I wish I fucking could. <sighs> oh. Yeah, yeah. What? Yeah. Your horses <laughs> were about ready to hold off, but you had to hold them. You had to hold those horses, Hannah, because there's no recap. We've, we've done... Uh, uh, 34 episodes of this show? You know, except for the pilot, because that would be a little weird. We've pretty much always had a recap, right? No, I think one time maybe we didn't. I'm just saying. Yeah, I think maybe one I, other I feel, episode. I, I feel like my muscle memory is saying, ooh, we've done this before. <laughs> I have, I have... <laughs> Jet lag. I have, I have been this pissed before. It, it's... <laughs> I don't mind when you break the norm with something cool like Night Shifters last episode. But when you just say, Yeah, fuck it. We'll just go straight into the episode. I'm like, <laughs> fuck it. Yeah, fuck it. <laughs> I, mean, it is, I mean, I get it. It's a great episode. They wanted to get straight into it. But, <sighs> what? What? Supernatural, you hurt, you hurt yeah, me. Yeah, it just, it feels weird. I I don't you don't even, even like, like the recap. It's like, okay. You know what? It's a okay, staple. so I wear a wedding band, right? If I ever, mm -hmm. and, and, and sometimes it's annoying, you know, maybe it gets a little sticky or I'm a little bloated that day and it like yeah. won't, eh. But if I take it off, it feels fucking weird. It feels so weird, right? It's like my hand is yeah, naked. Yeah, this episode is naked, Hannah. <laughs> The only thing it has going for it is there's no soon at the end. <sighs> God. Our episode starts in Providence, Rhode Island, which is a real place that the songs Yankee Doodle Dandy and You're a Grand Old Flag were written. It's town... <laughs> Providence's town motto is, What cheer? 
with a question mark. What? Like, what cheer? It's like a sarcastic question of... What cheer? Why are you happy? Look around this desolate place. Yeah, yeah, it gets better. It gets better. It was the longtime home of one H.P. Lovecraft, who is buried there, and his gravestone reads, I am Providence. Oh, that's... All right, one, he was an asshole. He was like a... What do you call someone who hates Jew- Jewish people? Anti... Anti-Semitist? Uh, yeah. Yeah, that thing. An anti-Semitist. It's um, a hard word to say for me. Uh, yeah, apparently. Yeah. And then he's saying, like, I am the... Doesn't Providence mean, like, the Holy Land or, like, the Deliverance or good luck? Mm. Providence is, like... Okay, let's... Kind of like good luck. Dictionary. <laughs> Providence. It's kind of like good luck. It's like a blessing. The protective care of God. Or of nature as a spiritual power. So he's saying he was the protection of God, the asshole. But also, it makes sense that this story takes place in Providence now. Supernatural writers, Mm -hmm. I'm looking at you. I see you. God damn good job. It has uh, its most haunted hotel, the Biltmore, inspired both the Bates Motel and Stephen King's Overlook Hotel. Oh, I bet your little horror heart is so happy. Yes. yes. I've never seen any of those or read any of them. They scary. <laughs> Providence is fascinating at all, but we're here to talk about SPN. Oh, we are? We see... Oh, yes. okay. I could go on about Providence <laughs> for hours. <laughs> we see a lady sitting at home watching late night TV. She's got statues of angels on her side table and an ashtray full of cigarette butts. She's bored and switches the TV channel to a sermon. The guy on the TV is saying it's hard sometimes, but God's there watching. She rolls her eyes and turns the TV off. Just then, her lights start flickering, and the TV comes back on with the volume way up, and the man is saying that the Lord is speaking to you right now. She tries, but she can't turn the TV off. The man on the TV says, Can't you hear the angels? It's time. As her house starts shaking and there's things crashing to the floor. The man says, can't you just hear the glory as a white light appears behind her? She turns and begins to see a figure in the light. She's starting to smile as we burn into the title cut. Fire! That, <clears throat> we'll find out later, this is a ghost, you ghost. But damn, that father really wanted her to listen to some preaching. Mm-hmm. Uh, the woman's name is Gloria Sidnick, and she's played by Heather Dorkson. She's been in a few scary movies and done some voice acting for Lego. Hmm. Also, her smoking that cigarette, like, it was weird for me because I have gone 11 days now without a cigarette. Mm -hmm. Congrats. It's crazy, man. She wasn't really smoking it, though. She was doing that acting thing of, I'm going to hold it here artfully and not actually smoke it. Yeah, she she didn't even take a drag. I was watching. She didn't even take a drag. just, Just put it to your lips. Just... Oh, let me just watch you take a hit. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> that TV was so pushy. That was a pu- so pushy. That TV was like you need some Jesus in your life. Can't you hear God just a knock, knock, knocking at your door? And I mean, even though yes, we know that this wasn't an angel. This the way this spirit works mm-hmm. is 
reminiscent of how we see angels later on. Like when Cass first tries to talk to Dean and everything's like shaking and That is a fantastic point. Do you think that maybe Father Gregory was at one point visited by an angel? And so when he died and he found himself in this state, he thought, I must be an angel now? An angel. Yeah, it's very possible. I mean, he was a man of God. It's supernatural. And he kept some seriously dark (laughs) secrets, which means he was very devoted to his cause in life. Oh, yeah. Didn't do a damn good in converting any of those horrible men. Anyways, we'll get to it. All right, so we cut to a very stark white hospital room, and we see Gloria on her bed reading a Bible, and the feeling isn't so much... This is where the sick people go. This is much more, this is where the crazies go. Mm-hmm. And the orderly walks in and she's like, oh, you're not the usual dude. I don't know why I'm giving this voice. She was very well spoken and <laughs> very nice. And I love her a lot. <laughs> and we see that the orderly. Oh, <laughs> it's you. Hi there, handsome. <laughs> Don't see you around here often. (laughs) I completely trust you because I am chosen by God. (laughs) Anyway, Sam walks in and he's doing his undercover job. And he's undercover so good. And she buys it. (laughs) Anyways. Anyway, so Sam walks in and he's like, so how are we doing? (laughs) And she's like, I still feel pretty sane. Uh, and, you know, and at that point, Sam's like, okay, you're right, I'm sorry, and he soft voices her. It's okay. To try and get some real information. And now that the soft voice and the puppy dog eyes are out, she tells him everything. She stabbed a guy in the heart because the angel from God came down and told her to do it. She... She has done some bad things in her life, and she got the chance to redeem herself by doing good via removing evil people from the world in a very vigilante manner. Yeah. Super God style. It's not like Sodom and Gomorrah never happened, right? Anyways. So, she says that the angel told her she would know whom her victim was to be because she would see a sign. And so she goes out the next day, doing her biz, probably looking to pick up some people for money. Uh And she saw the sign right next to his door. And she was like, all right, so I knocked on this door and I stabbed him. Easy peasy. And he's like, why, how do you even know this guy was evil? And she was like, of course I asked him and... Or asked the angel, and the angel said that he was evil down to his deepest foundations. Dun, dun, dun. And, you know, that's good enough for me. Which, again, like, we talked about this a little bit in Hunted. Yeah. <laughs> about people that will, like, once you just tell them, hey, they're evil, that's good enough for them, they will kill that person. And Dean even brings up later this episode... People say, you're going to go bad, should I just go ahead and kill you? I feel like that's one of the themes of this episode, is how much information do yeah, you need? blindly going with... Yeah. yeah. Blindly going along with something, yeah. 
Like, I think I would need to see a person either about to do an act or already having done an act for me to be comfortable saying, yes, I, I am warranted to take this justice into my hands. <laughs> and even then, I might still just be, like, calling the cops. I don't know. <laughs> Anyways, Gloria doesn't need such reassurances. If an angel says she should do it, easy. Done. Also, this is very interesting as well when we look at it through the context of the end of season 14. Did you think about that watching this again? No. Oh. Well, no, it just made me think of Jack and, you know, the horrible things he did in mm. serving the purpose of heaven, you know? Yeah. And then... And of course, this episode plays a lot into what happens in seasons three through five, but I think it's also, again, very pertinent for seasons 14 going into 15. Um, and it's just, it's, it's very, it's very interesting. And we're, I hope we, I hope we talk about it. So yeah. yeah. All right. Anyways, we go back to Dean in this very sexy motel room and that boy is just throwing all his quarters at this sexy man that just touches him in all the right ways. Hey, man, you gotta try this. There really is magic in the magic fingers. And Sam walks in, and he's like, dude, too much. You're making me uncomfortable. And then the way they show Sam saying he's uncomfortable, it's like he's spotted Dean's boner. <laughs> and he's like, can you, can you not... <sighs> Yeah. It's so gross. It's not me, Hannah. It's the show. The show put that out there. I know. I got you. Yeah. And anyways, Dean's like, what else am I supposed to fucking do here except masturbate? I'm locked in. And, you know, and Sam is like, okay, your choices are be locked in or go get arrested because you were on news holding up a bank, which, why did you do that, Dean? It's not like I asked you to go out. <laughs> At <laughs> no point did I tell you to go outside, man. This is completely on you, not me. You were the bank robber on the 11 o'clock news, not me. So, anyways, conversation moves on. The magic fingers turn off and Dean is sad face because he's out of quarters. And apparently all the Winchesters across the land are out of quarters. And Dean is just like, oh, but what will I do for the sexy bedtimes? So anyways, he asks, Dean asks Sam about how the chat with Gloria went. And Sam's like, I don't think she's crazy. It's just, you know, the only crazy part is that she says an angel made her do it. And Dean is like, yeah, whatever. Angels. Ha ha. Heard that one before. Who's the guy she killed? Maybe he's supernatural. And... And Sam's like, I don't know. I mean, he was a librarian. He went to church. No criminal records. He's pretty clean. So Dean's like, all right, then. She's the cray-cray one. And this is a point I don't understand so much because you would think the fact that they're here and Dean is bored, he would have gotten some of the case facts at this before this point. But apparently it's news yeah. to Dean that this is the second angel-caused murder in town. <laughs> because, like, if you're so bored, why don't you do research? Seriously. I mean, I know that we've, we've looked, looked into, into less. less. But when there are 
two separate people killing two separate people that have both claimed to be inspired by angels, that's not looking into less, Dean. <laughs> that's straight up cuckoo, crazy pants, your type of job. It's... I, I just I didn't believe this moment. <laughs> like, come on. Come on, Supernatural writers. I see you, and then I see you. You lied. No. Okay. Um... Anyways, the victim was named Carl. Yay. Carl, Carl. that kills people. Carl, the killer. Mm, it, it's alliteration. <laughs> Must mean something. Yeah, Carl, the killer. So Dean's reaction to this is to stick his fingers in his ears and go, no, 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 no. Angels aren't real. They don't exist. And... Oh, I can't wait. I, I, I know. I don't think they ever refer back to this episode, but I hope they do, because that would be beautiful. And so Sam's response to Dean is, of course, hey, we've looked into lore about a lot less crazy things, and Dean's like, I haven't seen it, it don't exist. I'm like, Dean, you never saw a Reaper before, but you straight up believed that it was Reapers yeah. <laughs> before... <sighs> And it's, it's, sorry, it's just very irritating because also, you know, if Dean knows that demons exist, why wouldn't he then say it's possible for their counterpart angels to exist? If Dean knows that this place he's never seen, hell. He so exists, he's so against it because they're supposed to be good, but he doesn't think he's seen a lot of good. I know. Just saying, maybe the lore was wrong, and he should believe that angels exist, even if the lore was wrong. Yeah. Anyways, so they get into, like, a little bit of an argument about what's real and what's not real, even making reference to unicorns that I think comes up again in, like, season 9 or 10? Yeah. Yeah? I mean, the whole shooting rainbows out of their ass is a quote that will definitely happen again in this ep- in this season. In this series. <laughs> In this yeah, series. in my notes I had, Sam, you're adorable, but even unicorns are real. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, um, the conversation at this point segues into, uh, Dean wanting to go check out Gloria's apartment, because he just wants to fucking get out of this motel, as sexy as it is, uh, and Sam's like, nope, already been there, nada, and Dean's like, okay, but was there an angel there? And Sam was like, no, but she did say there was a sign at Carl the Killer's house. And Dean's like, great, let's go there. Let's do it. Let's do it. A very minor, not important thing here, but I just want to point out that Dean is using an LG Verizon phone to listen to his music, an MP3 at this moment, instead of, Mm -hmm. say, a Walkman with a tape cassette. Yeah. Dean, your millennial is showing. <laughs> they roll up to Carl the Killer's house, and beside <laughs> the door is an angel decoration. Dean cracks wise about a hooker from God killing you over your Christmas decorations, and Sam bitch faces so hard. They look around and find a cellar door. <laughs> At this moment, Sam is looking around so, like, intensely. It's like, Sam, what do your Stanford eyes see? One, um, it must be after New Year's because Dean said, you know, take your 
decorations down Good after catch. New Year's or you'll get So it is after New Year's. So it They has... did not celebrate. They didn't celebrate. They didn't celebrate Christmas. Oh, but they will. They will eventually. So it's been now canonically, say it's like January tenth. It's been a year and three months <laughs> since Jess. Jess. <sighs> The camera angle was really weird as Sam was looking around. It was like that camera just spun all the way around. (laughs) I was like, what is happening here? So, yeah, they look around and find a cellar door. Sam repeats Gloria's line about Carl being guilty to his deepest foundations. And the boys take it literally because why not? They looked into less. (laughs) They looked... They bust the lock on the cellar doors and go inside. They mostly find racks of old junk, but Sam notices disturbed dirt and finds a fingernail, so they go digging up a body. I mean, a skeleton. And wonder how Gloria knew. Um, actually, that wasn't a fingernail. It was an acrylic nail. Yeah, that was it a, wasn't... That was like a glue-on. That was a press... Yeah. A press-on. Yeah. Yeah, I noticed that, too. We're so femme, <laughs> Hannah. Also, you were saying cellar door so much, and do you know that's considered the most beautiful combination of sounds in the English language? Yes, I love it. Cellar door. Cellar door. Um, the only thing I noticed in all this was that there is a market there that they will visit again in this episode called Benny's Market. <gasps> Benny! Oh, Benny! Um, and that baby's looking really clean. I'm I'm very proud of Dean's upkeep of his precious Impala in this episode. No very no splashy good. dirt this time, no dust, no dents, all lights are working. Proud of all you. All sigils Dean. in place. All the all the anti tire slashing <laughs> sigils in place. <laughs> <sighs> In a house, probably somewhere nearby, a man is home alone and drinking. There are bottles everywhere. All of a sudden, the lights start flickering, bottles and things start crashing, and just like with Gloria, a white light appears, and he calms down. Can I just say, the room starts vibrating, right? My first thought Mm -hmm. was, his magic fingers were a little too good at their job. (laughs) (laughs) (sighs) Next, we see him walking down the street, and next to someone's house, the white light, the white lighted figure appears again, and the man nods and smiles like, "Oh boy, here I go killing!" <laughs> oh boy, I'm gonna go kill this man. <laughs> <laughs> he then walks up to the house, knocks on the door, introduces himself as Zach to the man at the door, and then proceeds to stab him. As the scene fades away, we see another angel decoration in the yard. I'm just like, what kind of town is this where everybody is like, angels are our number one decor. It's the third time we've seen angel decorations in this episode. <laughs> this town is obsessed. Obsessed. <laughs> Uber-sessed. Obsessed. Mm-hmm. Um, Sam Smith is played by Wesley Salter, who will come back as a demon in season 10, episode 16, Girls, girls, girls. Uh, I don't... I feel like I should know that title, but... Um, that was the one where, um, I think girls were getting paid in souls. 
for sex. I I think that's that one. Remember that episode. This show <laughs> has gone on for so long. <laughs> it's got everything. I mean, to the point where this whole episode is half of an episode in season 15, 14. Because by the time they get to season 14, they give up on doing extended plots. They just, ah, oh, we've already done this kind of, so let's just do half an episode of it. Oh, <laughs> uh, Dean's a demon. Uh, we already did Sam kind of being a demon, so we'll just do this for like three episodes. That's enough. Oh. I'm totally over that, Hannah. Don't worry. Okay. I believe you. I also, at this time, after the scene, had a thought of, well, one, we, we learn later why, but it is interesting that the outcasts of society are being chosen to do these holy deeds. Well, yeah, you have to think, like, even in the Bible, Jesus was friends with the prostitutes and... The beggars and the lepers. Never. You know, the outcasts of society. And I and I totally got that and jived with that. It was just twisted in this moment because Jesus was friends with all his people. And in order to be saved, they didn't have to do anything. He was like, if you want to be saved, just believe in my teachings. You know, believe that... Yeah, you don't have to go and kill someone. <laughs> you don't even have to go do great works. It's just a matter of... Hey, if somebody is hungry next to you and you have extra food, the nice and good thing would be to share. You know, that's all you have to do to be saved. Um, And you know what? Even if you don't and you're hungry and you want to keep that extra food for your meal tomorrow because you don't know if tomorrow's meal is coming, that's fine. I love you and forgive you and I love you. It's when you have abundance that you should strive to share. Yeah. Um, Looking (laughs) at you, Bezos. Looking at you. Uh, but, so, this is a really fucked up situation, right? Where this dead pastor is saying, Hey, you want to be saved? Do this one great deed, which is actually really evil, and you'll be saved. Blah. But it made me wonder, did this guy know them in life? Like, did he encounter them in his ministries and he kind of knew who they were? Or were they people that he sought out in ghostly form and, like thought that they would be people hmm. that might be willing to believe him. I don't know, I was just wondering how he chose Gloria and Zach. Gloria yeah. I could kind of get because she had angel statues and she was apparently subscribed to that channel, cable channel. Um, yeah. Not so much with the junk dude, I don't know. Anyways, it just made me curious. Anyways. Back at the sexy motel. Dean is listening to the radio, and he's getting all that hot goss, much like Papa John used to do. And Sam comes in with the food, and Dean's like, yo, I need them quarters. I need my fix. (laughs) Sam's like, again, your boner is weirding me out. If we could, please move on. (laughs) Maybe get separate rooms next time, because this is really weirding me out. I mean, Except I need you so I can use the restroom. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> you know what? It, it, okay, so they go to a motel, and Sam sees that they offer magic fingers. And Dean's like, yo, I want that magic finger shit, slams the money down the counter. And Sam is like, okay, uh, do you have a room adjoining to his that I can have? And if the answer is yes, cool, I take separate rooms, because that way Sam can at least just hop over and be like, can I use your bathroom? Can you please watch and help me? Because <laughs> otherwise, I'm... I have to resort to adult diapers. <laughs> what 
twisted headcanon we've created with this. But hey, have you ever seen Sam use the bathroom without Dean? No. No. Like for showers, yeah, but he doesn't pee in the shower. He's Dean not was a even walking into the bathroom earlier when Sam was just washing his hands. Yeah. So you sure you don't need any help? Yeah, I'm right here. I got it. Well, even now, Sam was washing it. Sam loves to just go wash his hands for no reason. <laughs> but even this episode, we see him washing his hands, and Dean's like all up and like, hey, give me the news. Anyways, in this instance, so, they're both like, get, get this. this. All right, so they both have news, and Sam goes first, and he says, So I was looking into Carl the Killer some more, and three students have gone missing, and the last place they were spotted was the library. So, hey, yeah, Carl deserved to die. Or at least be in prison for the rest of his life and have the American tax system pay for him to live in luxury. That's, that's a very com- I shouldn't bring that up. It's a very complicated topic. Neither here nor there. Nor here. Uh, and he's about to go a little further into details when Dean's like, oh, when Dean cuts him off like, yo, that's old news. Carl the Killer is so 2016, okay? We're about to, no, fuck, this is, that's the wrong year, ain't it, Hannah? <laughs> It, it's so 2001. I want to say 2008 because you're, I'm, I'm so 3008, you're so 2000 and late. Yeah, that's the quote. Uh, anyways. Yeah. Yeah. Anyways. <laughs> Dean's like, I used Carl to wrap up yesterday's fish. <laughs> it's not even the phrase either. It's today's fish. <laughs> Whatever. Whatever. What the fuck, Kendall? Bad jokes. Bad what jokes. What are you talking about? I'm saying he's old news. Carl is old news. Carl is okay, the, Carl is old news. Carl is the oldest news since the oldest news, okay? It's the oldest news since sliced bread. <laughs> Proceed. Sliced bread came about in like the 1900s. That's not even that old. The pyramids? It's older than me. Okay, fine. <sighs> This <coughs> angel has struck again, and somebody else is dead. And they're like, let's go check that shit out. And so they go check that shit out, and it's terrifying how easily people can break into your fucking house. Like, I can't even trust my locked windows anymore. They, they're so cool breaking in, though. No. Like, I swear, this is probably the best breaking in they've ever done. I loved it. I mean... Isn't there a blooper of Mr. Padalecki? Yes. <laughs> yes, he could not open that window. He's like, I know you taught me how to break open the windows, and now I can be a burglar and or murderer at my leisure if I would like, but this particular window is being fidgety. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, scary, scary, scary. And also, there's no police there because they're done investigating. <laughs> yeah. The person confessed, they're gone. So, they get inside, it's beautiful, and they're, they're looking around the house, and it's all pretty ki- chill. Sam's like, but that computer, though. <laughs> that computer, though. And he's like, you want to see me break into this computer? Finger pop, 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 pop. <gasps> One, two, three, four, five. Ding, ding! <laughs> Access granted. <laughs> like, <laughs> that, that easy, huh? 
that, that, okay. Nobody, nobody questions the fact that Sam can guess a random dude's password. Yeah, I, I don't, I don't understand. They, they completely know. gloss over this. Unless he installed some, like, hacking program that, like, shuffles through the options super fast. The, like The password. I don't know. I don't know how people just, like, look around someone's desk and be like, I know what their password <laughs> is. Like, you can look around my room and you will not find anything that will tell you my password. No, you're, you're not going to just look around my room and know what the fuck is going on. The only thing I can think, which is a phrase I say a lot on the show, I've noticed, is that Sam was like, hmm, one file on this computer is locked. I wonder what it could be. Porn 2006. Ding! (laughs) (sighs) I'm just saying it's bullshit. I don't buy it. I want to know how Sam can hack so good when... Yeah. Anyways, moving on. So he finds a bunch of emails... And they're like, oh, emails with a woman. What's with that? Oh, she's 13. Oh, fuck. And the emails reveal that they were supposed to meet up on this day? Yeah. Yes. So this... But he was stabbed last night. This sicko child rapist was killed right before he could ruin some other person's life. And... Dean and Sam are both like, that's good. And Sam at this point, I mean, I mean, Dean's a little waffly. He's like, man, we've had ghosts before, but this one seems like a ghost bent on doing good deeds. And Dean's like, ah. and Sam's like, ah. you mean like an angel? You mean like an angel? <laughs> and Dean's like, no, no, I don't mean like an angel. I just mean like a good ghost. <laughs> A goody-goody-good ghost. And Dean's not winning this argument because it's completely out of their scope of experience, right? And so he turns away to, you know, if I can't see you, you can't see me, and therefore we don't have to argue. (laughs) Yes. And he's, he's posted this guy's own personal bulletin board, a newsletter to a church, and Dean's like, hey, didn't you say Carl the Killer was... A churchgoer? What church was that? Which, and it just so happens to be named Our Lady of Angeles. And he's like, that's a little too on the nose, Supernatural Writers. He's like, he's doing a dead eye to the camera at Chuck and saying, Chuck, really? Really? This is the name you chose? Really? And it turns out both of these victims went to the same church, which means uh, all the victims are connected. Ooh, so first clue that maybe it's not actually an Anjale. So let's go check out that church. They arrive at Our Lady of the Angels Church and talk with Father Reynolds about wanting to become members of the church. Dean acting religious is always so weird. Like, he... <sighs> Man. badly and you're just like uncomfortable like stop it he's like man i just lose my boner if i don't get my sunday corner it lasts me the whole week <laughs> they claim to be from premont texas which is a real place dean almost blows their cover by flubbing the name of a priest but sam recovers saying they're just happy to be here can i can i just so I looked, I, I was so taken aback by this that I looked into it too. Prima is a mm-hmm. real place. 
It's a real small place that is thousands of miles from Rhode Island. And Dean names this one town that I've never heard of. I've seen this episode before and I still hadn't heard of it before. Mm -hmm. And this pastor is like, oh, yeah, that's so-and-so's place. Yeah. (laughs) How in the... Just... Okay, then. All right, I guess you're just an all-knowing father. Are you a god? (gasps) Okay, Hannah, maybe Chuck Mm. isn't the real god. Maybe Father Reynolds is the real god. (laughs) I mean, with how things are going, I probably wouldn't mind. (sighs) (sighs) But continue, I'm sorry. All right. Dean then mentions how bad things are around town, and Father Reynolds says that's why there's church. Like, your town's really gone to shit, Father. What's up with that? Well, I have a church that preaches love and kindness to others, so I'm literally doing all I can do. (laughs) Dean mentions the murder specifically, and the father says they all attended his church, and it's sad the murderers thought that angels made them do it. Dean's like, aha, so you don't believe in angels. (laughs) And Father's like... And the father's like, uh, no, of course I do, but they're not like that. Sam then points to Dean, or the painting behind Dean, and says, oh, that's Michael, right? <laughs> <laughs> and we get to hear about how angels are terrifying warriors of God. I... It's foreshadowing. I don't care who I, you are. No, I loved all the foreshadowing and the mentioning of Michael and his <clears throat> sword. Mm-hmm. Um... And I love that moment of pain that I think most people must have gotten at this father being like, I'm really sad that members of my church have been murdered. And you, the viewer, are like, you didn't know. You didn't know that you had murderers and rapists and child rapists at that. And who knows what else living in your church, dude. Like, to be to be fair, benefit the doubt, he was friends with Father Gregory, and he only came to actually lead his congregation after Gregory's death. Yeah. Yeah, because I don't, I don't think he knew. I don't think he knew at all. Oh, he, he couldn't have known. His reaction was one of just, like... Absolute, genuine. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but, like, you, you feel that pain. You're just like, ah, you feel sad, but, oh, should you? <laughs> <laughs> Father Reynolds walks the boys out, and Dean spots candles and flowers set up on the stairs of the church. <clears throat> Father tells them about Father Gregory, who was shot for his car keys two months ago, and how he regrets not having time to read <sighs> Father Gregory's last rites. He says he's been praying for deliverance from all the violence and laments that maybe they could use divine intervention. The boys thank him and he goes inside. Dean says it's obviously a vengeful spirit, but Sam argues that Father Reynolds started praying real hard after Father Gregory's death, (laughs) so it could still be an angel. (laughs) I just love that. Hey, this dude died violently two months ago. Yeah, but you know what else happened two months ago? This very religious man who prays all the time started praying extra. Extra. <laughs> extra. That's the unusual thing here. <laughs> oh, Sam. You want so hard. 
Here, Dean calls Sam out, asking why he's all angel gung-ho all of a sudden, and Sam admits that he's prayed and believed for a long time. Dean is shocked, but says they should go check out Father Gregory's grave. Uh, I mean, Sam's been 700 Club for a while, like, we knew this in faith. Yeah? Hey, yeah, Dean has a line that's something like, oh, and you thought you, you think you know a guy. I was, like... After meeting Reapers and such, and the prey and the... Like, Dean, Sam, Sam took you to a prey healer healer man. (laughs) And you're surprised that Sam prays? Uh, But I find what's so very ironic in all of this is that this whole episode, Dean is the one wearing the god necklace. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Um, Father Reynolds was played by Dennis Arndt. Arndted? I don't know how to pronounce uh, Ar- the last Arndita. name. Arndita. Dennis Arndita. He's been in How to Get Away with Murder, Grey's Anatomy, and 24. I feel like maybe the joke isn't funny enough if we don't spell that his last name is A-R-N-D-T. Arndita. <laughs> I love it. All right, so they're going to go check out the garab. And as they're walking through, Dean is just, like, power walking to the grave. I'm ready to prove that this is a vengeful spirit. And Sam's a little more walking through, checking out the decor. And there's lots of angel statues. And it starts to shake. And anybody who is a Doctor Who fan finds this whole scene very, very terrifying. Mm-hmm. Ugh. Like... Uh, I still get, like, shivers in the back of my neck thinking about that episode. Anyways. So the angel statue shakes, and Sam feels like a whoa, whoa, whoa (laughs) behind him. So he turns around and sees this bright light and an angel running to talk to him. We cut back to Dean moments later. I mean, like... Uh, why aren't you behind me? What's taking so long? Oh, shit! My baby bro's passed out on the floor! Are you okay? And Sam wakes right up. He's fine. And Dean's like, okay, let's go find some place to sit. So they find, like, a side chapel, and Dean's like, you saw it, didn't you? And Sam's like, yes, I saw an angel. And Dean's like, this is some some deep shit. Take a hit of the whiskey. And Sam's like, oh, we're in church. <laughs> what are you I don't doing? want to drink. I'm clean and sober now. I've been saved. I'm a born again virgin. <laughs> Get that alcohol away from me. Oh my gosh. One day at our church in New York, uh, I can't remember what the occasion was, but we definitely had mimosas in our coffee hour. And not like everybody just drinking mimosa after mimosa, because who could afford to pay for that? Uh, but everybody had, like, their single glass of mimosa at church, and I was just like, I love this church. Nice. We get to have mimosas in coffee hour. Yeah. Uh, Sam is not the type to ever drink mimosa at a church, only on yachts. Mimosas are exclusively for study hour on yachts. <clears throat> and he's like, yo, Dean... The angel came and spoke to me, and I was filled with peace and grace and love and happiness. And this, the, the angel just knew me, and Dean's like, yo, 
We know that ghosts can peek into your mind. They can Since control when? your mind. Since when? <sighs> I know. That that occurred to me, too. And before, oh, well. Dean has also said that demons can read your mind. And I think Dean doesn't understand which creatures are telepathic <laughs> and which ones are not. <laughs> They're telepathic when it suits him. <laughs> yeah. Um, the closest I can think is, and again, it has to do with possession. When the demon possesses your body, they can look into your memories. And when a ghost possesses your body, they can look into your memories. Yeah. Okay. So I guess Dean supposes that Sam had this vision because the ghost got into his brain. His membrane. Anyways, Sam is like, I don't care what you think, Dean. I have a mission now. And Dean's like, yeah, you don't even know if this person's evil. And Sam's like, um, actually, I did ask. And he's doesn't hasn't done anything yet, but he's about to. <laughs> and I'm just like, that still doesn't tell you why this person is bad. I legit, because I, I did not remember this episode. I completely conflated it with the episode where you meet Anne. Anna. Sorry, my bad. Uh, I, I legit thought that Sam was going to go and try and stop this person, and his cardinal sin was going to be, like, jaywalking. (laughs) Yeah, he did something bad, Sam. I told you he would do something bad. Ah, yeah. And the angel hasn't been wrong yet, though. So, regardless of his jaywalking or murdering, he has to stop this guy. And I just want to point out, Hannah. Yeah. Our people chosen by the angel that we have seen are a prostitute, a drunk, and a Sam. Yeah. I... mm. Yeah, it's... One, let's be clear. I don't think prostitution is a bad thing. No. I think sex slavery and human trafficking is a bad thing. Dean is the one who calls her a hooker. There was nothing else to suggest that she was. I I think he says that, though, because while he didn't learn about the first angel murder, and none of us do, he must have gotten the details of Gloria, and it was that she was a hooker. All right. Yeah. I thought he was just being mean. No, no. He, I think it was details of the case. And, again, the way they dressed her when she was just lounging about in her own home, they were like, we need you to know from the get-go. She's just sexy for a reason, okay? I honestly thought she was, like, waiting on her friends or she just got back from clubbing or something. Yeah. Anyways, um... And also drunkenness, I don't think, is a sin. It can be when it leads to... Alcoholism. Habitual. Yeah, alcoholism, habitual drunkenism. Drunkenness. (laughs) Drunkenism. (laughs) Habitual (laughs) drunkenness. Uh, Yeah. Like, that can be bad. Like, but there there are things that aren't black and white bad. And I think that's important when it comes to Sam. And I don't think that he gets that line necessarily. Because... Let's be real. 2006, even though it was only 13 years ago, it wasn't as enlightened as it as times are now. At least I don't feel that way. Maybe it's because yeah. I was, you know, in my 20s when this show was coming out the first time. But I think it's interesting that 
these are good people doing what they can with the choices they have, and Sam is going to be a good person trying to do the best he can with the options he has. Does that yes. make sense? Yes. Anyways, so this is the moment where Dean kind of has the moment we just had, where he's like, well, I'm supposed to kill you <laughs> because you might do bad things. Sam doesn't want to talk about that. And instead, he just wants to talk about that, hey, if this really is an angel who's doing good works, we shouldn't hunt it. We can hunt reapers who are supposed to ferry people into the afterlife <laughs> and doing their good and natural work, but no, angels shouldn't stop them. No. And this is the point, another a contentious moment here, because we learn things later on. But Dean in this moment says that their mom was a believer. She said every night, the angels are watching over you. Is the last thing she ever said to him when she put him to bed that night. The angels are watching over us. Kiss my sleep well, my darling son. And she still died. So where were the angels then, basically? Yeah, angels didn't save my mom, so they must not exist. Yeah, it's all, so therefore everything is random, everything is chaos, everything is torture and sadness, and I will need proof to believe that's an angel because I don't see any goodness proving that there's angels. Um, do you think Mary actually believes in God? Because when she comes back in season 11? Yeah, I think in a kind of vague way, yes, because I do think... You know, when when she said, you know, angels are watching over you, I do think she believed that, but... Do you think she was saying it to Dean in the way that if you are under the age of, I don't know, 14, 13, don't listen to this part, skip forward like 10 seconds, do you think she meant it in the way that parents tell their kids, like, oh yeah, Santa left you these presents? Like... <laughs> They don't believe, but they want to provide their child with that experience. Yeah, maybe a bit of that. I, I would buy into that. Also, can I just say? Yes. Sam reacts to this fake angel in a much more reverent way than I think he does with real angels. Yeah. <laughs> like, he, it's almost like he meets real angels and he's like, really, that that's it? Okay, I mean, I buy into it. I believe you, but... Where's all the light and all the chorus? <laughs> yeah. Dean wants proof. And he's like, you know what I do got proof of? I got proof of a ghost. Let me show you what I found while you were busy being passed out. And they go back down to the grave, wherein we see that Father Gregory was 38 years old when he died. So, still really, really young. He was born Super. in 1969. Which, I saw 69, and I was like, damn, he's old, but he died in 2007, which was 12 years ago, so. <laughs> it does, yeah, okay, yeah. But, right, so 79, 89, 99, and then 09 would be 40. Mm -hmm. He died in 07, so he was, yeah. I did my math right, even if math is hard. Good for you. Thank you, thank you. And they find wormwood growing on Father Gregory's grave marker it's not going anywhere else and dean's like yo this is a plant that's associated with the dead specifically the ones who are dead but not at rest right 
Right. Um, and I know you did some research. Yeah, I found online that it used to be, like, wormwood used to be used in making absinthe, but that was as far as I looked. I looked a little further. Oh, good. (laughs) (laughs) Because you really called me on my shit the other day when I didn't research the plant life in an episode, and I did not want to let you down again. Okay. So, wormwood. Totally edible. It's in the same family as, like, mugwort and sage. And technically, sage has more dangerous chemicals in it than wormwood. Uh, Wormwood just gets a bad rap because it was used in making absinthe and is used in making a lot of alcohols, actually. But there was a smear campaign against absinthe, and wormwood was the aspect of the drink that gave it its very bitter flavor. Because wormwood is super bitter. And so when Big Wine was like, don't drink absinthe, drink wine, because absinthe makes you see hallucinations, they blamed wormwood. When really they should have been blaming the super high alcohol content of absinthe that was made in those days. These days it's much more regulated and it tastes like licorice. It's okay. What I found really interesting, though, is that... uh, Okay, so you've heard of vermouth, right? Yeah. Right. So vermouth, the word actually comes from the German version of the German word for wormwood. Oh. And it's basically, it was originally just wormwood wine. And people would drink it after dinner because even today, wormwood is used as an herb that can be used to soothe so many tummy issues. Oh. So it's a really good after dinner drink, and it's used in a lot of um, in a lot of distilled liquors. So I'm pretty sure if you went to a local distillery and was looking around for something wormwood based, have a little sip after dinner to make sure that all your digestive issues went through smoothly. It'd be easy to find because wormwood basically grows everywhere. There's so many varietals of wormwood that it's it covers the planet basically. Mm-hmm. Not in like a invasive species type of way, because they're all very they're all cousins of each other. But yeah. So so yeah, I'm I'm really fascinated in wormwood. I actually found uh, an article talking about wormwood and they listed a distillery here in Colorado. So maybe one day I'll make a trip out to this distillery and get some of their wormwood. Do it. Uh, wormwood liqueur. Do yeah. it. Yeah. So that was that was very was a fun little Kindle's Green Corner. There should be a better name for it. Uh, yeah, All work right. on it. Well, first round not good. We'll try again next episode. All right. So Sam sees this evidence before him's eyes, and he's like, "Oh no, maybe I still I really wanted to be an angel." And Dean's like, "All right, look." Let's prove it definitively, definitively, once and for all. We'll do a seance. And Sam's like, oh, here in the church, my lord. How dare well, you even I never. First you suggest drinking alcohol, and now you suggest performing a seance. Oh, I can't, I cannot believe. <laughs> but if they do a seance on the grave... If a ghost appears, well, it's a ghost. (laughs) 
If no ghost appears, it's an angel. Easy peasy, lemon squeezy. And Dean's like, yeah, that's why this job is so great. We only deal in facts. I'm like, no, you deal in lore. Yeah. (laughs) You're glorified historians working (laughs) off half the facts. Uh. All right. So they need to go get some tools for their seance. They're going to be... all right, Sam specifically calls it spell work in this in this moment, and they're basically male witches. Yeah, when you think about it. Yeah, they dabble. Cause they dabble. Cause in the supernatural in the supernatural realm, not in in the world of the TV show Supernatural, <laughs> anybody can be a witch, right? It's just a matter of knowledge, practice, and accumulation of power, right? Right. One could argue, especially by season 15, Sam and Dean are the most powerful warlocks on the planet. Oh, Ain't yeah. nobody hunting them down. Mm-mm. Double standards is all I'm saying. So anyway, Sam and Dean go to Benny's Market to get their janky supplies. <laughs> I love that they're using a Spongebob placemat. <laughs> like, I'm honestly surprised they couldn't find anything better than a Spongebob placemat for an altar cloth, like, one of their flannels would have been better. Like, just lay it out nice. I mean, seriously, just go into the trunk of holding and you will find some nice fabric. I mean, how many costumes, how many suits have they accumulated by this point? And it's also surprising because they're in Providence, Rhode Island, not a small town. They don't have to do with Benny's Market. Maybe it's the time of night. Maybe it's like 11 o'clock at night. And no, it can't even be eleven o'clock at night because Sam sees a guy walking by holding his groceries. The glory of God shines down upon him, and Sam says, "That's the guy." <laughs> so, and it ends up where Dean's the one that goes to get him, and we see him going on a date. So dates don't usually start around eleven o'clock. So it doesn't make sense that they're like, nah, "Man, they Benny's Market is the only place we can go." But anyways, Sam sees the guy with groceries and is like, that's it. That's a sign. Let's go get that guy. The man gets into a car and Dean stops Sam from going after him, saying, you can't just kill a human like I keep doing. And Sam's like, no, Dean, I'm not like you. (laughs) Dean's like, okay, let's go. Yeah. Dean's like, it's okay if I kill people because I haven't been destined To be the vessel of Lucifer. You, however. (laughs) Dean's like, okay, let's go. But then locks Sam out of the car, just like he locked him in a room in Croatoan. And tells him (sighs) to go do the seance while he follows the guy. Sam is flabbergasted. I do have to say, this is a great show of trust on Dean's part. Because who's to say that Sam wouldn't be bitchy and just say he performed the seance? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> nothing even happened, Dean. It's an angel. Yeah, nothing happened. Ugh, it was an angel, like I told you. <laughs> Dean follows behind the guy at a decent pace and sees him pick up a lady. It's stalking time. Back at the church, Sam is lighting candles and starting the spell. Just as he finishes the last words of the spell, Father Reynolds walks in and is like, What in the devil worship is going on in the Lord's house? Look, Father... I didn't bring my Ouija board, so technically I 
I'm being very respectful here. <laughs> Sam adorably tries to explain that he meant no harm. It's based on early Christian rites, if that helps any. But the father starts leading him out. Behind them, the bright light appears. Father asks if it's an angel, but Sam says, sadly, that it's not. So it's time to... Name! Name! That! That! Monster! Monster! Ah! So, obviously, it's a ghost. And I'm trying to find something new and interesting each time we encounter a ghost. (laughs) Uh... And so, in my very, very brief Googling, because again, I'm not getting paid for this yet, I came across an organization in Memphis that specializes in helping ghosts move on, free of charge. In fact, if you do feel like you want to pay some money, they encourage you to give money to, I can't remember, but a certain charity. They're like, no, don't give the money to us. Give the money to charity. We're just here to do good jobs. And I'm like, that's so fucking Christian of you. So anyways, if you're getting spooked and you live in or around Memphis, give them a call and they'll help you out. The group is called Memphis Ghost Investigations at memphisghostinvestigations.com. So what they do is you contact them and then they will come and determine if there is actual spiritual activity there. They basically come in and do the Winchester treatment. Oh, there's no sulfur. There's no cold spots. <laughs> actually, the ghost treatment. <laughs> yeah. Basically, it's just a, a, an issue with your AC and heating, you know, air ducts. Yeah. But, but if they're, and this is a quote, if their combination of intuit, intuitive abilities and sensitive electronic equipment find proof of spiritual activity, then they go on to communicate and build trust with the ghosts in your house. Very nice. They do something called compassionate counseling with the ghosts, and they try to use this, like, this ghost therapy to convince the spirits to just move on to the next life. And according to them, the ghosts usually do. And then after the ghosties have left your house or your place of business, they do something called a vibrational clearing to get rid of any spectral energy. And when they're done, you can just feel that the air and the energy in your house is light and clean and Fresh and new. And the whole process takes about two hours. Wow. Uh, Their website includes biographies of the three members of the team. One, if I remember correctly, is called an intuitive investigator. The other two are clairvoyance of a sort. They're they're mediums. Mm Mm-hmm. Okay. They use another word. They're they're clairvoyant and also clairoral. They can not only see the ghosts, but they can hear the ghosts, too, apparently. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. And they also, on their website, provide evidence that they've collected during their investigations and links to other groups and mediums with experience in spiritual rescue. And the one group they have listed as a resource 
is a nonprofit group that operates out of Arkansas and serves like a, a great portion of the South. And not only are they a nonprofit, but they're also a Christian group. Wow. How about that? Yeah. I was just like, I love this new general definition of Christianity. <laughs> Because yeah. let me tell you, when we were growing up, it we like were this. not allowed to believe in ghosts. Ghosts were of the devil. Christmas was of the devil. Like, even many aspects of Easter. Halloween was the devil. We didn't have our first Halloween, Hannah. Do you remember? Yeah. When we moved back down to Alabama and... Oh, it was so weird being, like, an early teen, having my first Halloween. I was like, I don't know how to do this. <laughs> I feel a little old to be doing this, but okay. Yeah, I, I definitely did Halloween, um, like, how do I put this? I kept doing Halloween into, like, my teens just because, you know, I didn't have much of it growing up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I feel yeah. There's a lot of teens and even college student door-to-door candy positivity these days. Oh, yeah. And I'm here for it. Same. But anyways, Hannah, that concludes our section on name. Name. That. That. Monster. Monster. Ah! says he's come to answer prayers, but Sam, why aren't you doing what I told you to do? Get out of here. <laughs> yeah. I thought I told you to kill people. Yeah. Go out there and kill people. Father Reynolds, I'm answering your prayers. You definitely prayed for me to kill off your very small parish, right? You wanted fewer church members, right? <laughs> Sam explains to Father Gregory that he's not an angel. He's the spirit of a man who's yet to move on. Father Gregory talks about his death and so far afterlife, that he's come to help. Father Reynold is like, but how? By killing all your parishioners! Back with Dean, he's followed the guy down a series of roads and for the moment seems to have lost him. <laughs> Poor baby's having a rough night. <laughs> In the crypt, Father Reynolds tells Father Gregory that what he's doing is wrong, but Greg doesn't agree, says he's doing God's will and that all the murder people will be saved because he says so. Ray Ray's like, nah, man, this is all wrong. People can't be angels and move on, dude. Greg short circuits and he's like, I guess so. <sighs> so back with our resident stalker, Dean Winchester, he gets lost for a moment and he's like, man, I suck at stalking. So then we go see where the guy is and the guy is in his car and he pulls the car over and he stops it and she's like hey we're gonna be late for the movie where are we stopping and he tries to kiss her and she's like this is nice and all but i would really like to go see the movie first i think i wonder if she'd already if she was the one who paid for the ticket she's like i already paid for the tickets let's go <laughs> yeah oh and i hate that i'm the one describing this because fuck all right so she tells him to stop kissing her, and after a beat, he slaps the shit out of her, and I legit jumped and gasped. It 
Mm-hmm. It was so out of nowhere. And he's immediately like, I'm sorry, this is my first time doing this. And I'm like, what, your first time trying to kidnap and rape a person? Like, yeah. <sighs> anyway, so she goes to leave the car and he immediately locks the car. And he's mad and he's nervous and he's angry at her because she's not just, you know, going along with him because he's a nice guy. <sighs> so he goes to kiss her again and she's like, no. And she screams when she sees something. We see that he's pulled out um, a box cutter. <laughs> and I'm guessing, I'm hoping that the extent of his plans is to cut off her clothes. Uh, hoping he wasn't planning on murder and stuff beyond that. It's, it's already bad enough as it is. But still. I mean, it's already, it's already bad enough. Let's not... Anyways, ugh. So, we're about to watch some horrific acts happen when, thank the Lord, stalker Dean was actually a great stalker because the window busts in and Dean yanks this guy off of her and slams his head into the steering wheel momentarily dazing him. Dean then runs around the car and then, I don't know, his body language when he ran across the car was actually kind of scary and I think yeah, I would have been... Yeah, it scared me too. I was, <laughs> I was like, like, oh no, another one. <laughs> oh god, another one wants to kidnap me. <laughs> I'm so glad you thought that too. I thought it was crazy. I was just like, that's really scary, Dean. I know you don't mean to hurt her, but you look like you want to hurt her. But anyway, so Dean helps her get out of the car and he's like, are you okay? At this point... The dude, who shall forever remain nameless, wakes up and starts driving off. And Dean's like, fuck, we can't let him get away, but I don't want to leave you. You have a cell phone. You're not hurt. All right, call the police. Take care of yourself while I go try and catch him. Mm -hmm. So he gets back in the Impala and races after the guy. All right. We cut back to the crypt. And Sam, again, is soft voicing. It's okay. The dead father, Gregory, and the living... Father Reynolds says, hey, let me give you last rites. I was really sad I didn't give you last rites. And he starts to do the last rites, like, oh, please bless the things we do here in this crypt, God. And as he starts the ceremony, uh, Gregory's ghost flickers, and he's like, oh, shit, what's that? And I love this moment. Reynolds is like, Basically, the way he doesn't, he just has one word, but the way he says it, he's saying, it's okay, you can let go now, you know? Yeah. yeah. Father Reynolds? Rest. And so Gregory kneels down to receive the last rites, and as Father Reynolds calls upon the archangels, whom we all know now, <laughs> in the future... And they're all dead. <laughs> like, no, they're not helping. As he says the last rites, we see the most peaceful transition into the afterlife ever. 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 As the ghost of Gregory just turns into light and disappears. And it's really a beautiful moment. <sighs> Well, back with the asshole in the car, and also Dean, uh, there's a high-speed chase going on, and 
she did not dial 911 fast enough, I guess, because there's no cops around. <laughs> None. Uh, and it's a lot of close calls. Again, poor babies having a rough, rough night. Sparks flying everywhere, dodging cars left and right, so many near wrecks, driving off the road, back onto the road. And then they come into a cross, a crossroads, <laughs> and there's a truck that's carrying a bunch of pipes going by, and he... He doesn't have the right of way, and so he's slamming to a brake, but he's coming into the road, so the truck is also trying to slam on its brake and avoid getting into a wreck. And as this truck carrying all the pipes tries to swerve out of the way, a pipe comes flying off of the truck, going through the windshield and impaling the guy, Final Destination style. And Dean is shocked, the viewer is shocked, the world is shocked, because... All the other victims thus far have been stabbed, which is a form of impalation, if you will. Mm-hmm. And here we go, this guy trying to escape justice in a sense, he also gets stabbed. impaled. Yeah, maybe it's like, God's will after I'm all. I'm glad he's dead, but I don't think this was a good enough punishment. Just saying. It... <sighs> this sick fuck, yeah. In the motel now, Sam is packing up as Dean walks in. Sam says it was really a ghost, and he's upset. <laughs> he's all husky voice, sad Sam. It wasn't an angel, it was Gregory. Yeah. Dean takes a swig of his flask, and Sam does too. Sam is sad it wasn't an angel. He's sad about the life and what they do. I wanted to believe. So badly. I'd... It's so damn hard to do this. What we do. Dean says he's watching out, so it'll be okay. Sam really needed a higher power, he says, because he wants to be saved. Dean says, it's funny you think I'm right, because I think you might have been right. The guy is dead, and I didn't even do it. Dean, what did you see? He says he might have seen God's will. Maybe God's will. And that's it. So many thoughts about this. One, knock, knocking on heaven's door is playing back in all this, and it's beautiful. Um... I don't understand why seeing what he saw, Sam doesn't believe. Because I'm pretty sure Father Reynolds' reaction to this, it was like <sighs> confirmation for him that when he does the last rites on a person, mm -hmm. everything he's believed he's been doing now, he has proof that he has actually been doing it. You yes. know, these people are passing on onto heaven. And Sam saw that, too. And for some reason, he's saying it was just a ghost, so there's no heaven or... Like, I don't get it. Um, I love this whole setting the boys up to believe in God's will, only to later have them fight it. Oh, yes. I love... Yes. Yeah, I love how Dean fought this for so long in that last moment, seeing a... What probably gen genuinely was just a fluke accident, but it was a fluke that was so perfect that it makes Dean pause and wonder, like, shit, are there really any coincidences in life? Yeah. Yeah. So good. So good. Good episode. Yes. I'm glad you said that. Yeah. You're gonna you thought I was going to hate it? No, I just, yeah, I never know. I never know. But I yeah. thought it was really good. <laughs> 
I agree. It was a really good episode and it had some pretty good themes. Would you like to go discuss them dank themes? I sure would. Let's hit it. Hit it! have more themes than I do. <laughs> so why don't you start? I had a theme of John's journal. Ah, yes. yes. Yeah, Sam used it in the seance. He puts Pastor Jim's Latin lessons to use, for sure. Um, well, we have to mention the fact that Sam was totally in a costume this episode. Yeah, I had costume. <laughs> Yeah, one. C- singular. <laughs> Only the one. What else? I had a theme of good ghost. He was kind of good. He was trying to do good. He was killing bad people. He was having other people kill bad people. He wasn't going about it in the right way, but he was trying to be good. He was a moral gray ghost. <laughs> he wasn't one of the ghosts that was keeping other ghosties from killing people, but he was a ghostie that was killing people to protect the living. So... yeah. You know. All right. Um, we have an insane asylum. It's our second, right? Oh, I didn't have asylum. Good job. And, I, and again, I got this whole episode misconstrued with Anna's asylum episode. Yeah. Yeah. I had a theme of church. I did too. Churches. It's, we've been in a few churches so far. Mm-hmm. Um, to coincide with that, fathers... I have uh, priests. <laughs> yeah, pastoral fathers. Because uh, we've had churches with a uh, non-gendered hook person. Yeah. Father Jim getting murdered. Yeah. Um, technically, in faith, it might have been a tent church, but it was still a church. It was with... still a church. Yeah. I, okay, granted, churches and pastors tend to go hand in hand. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But... <laughs> But sometimes you will see a padre out of their natural setting, their natural environment. Uh, alcohol. I had alcohol. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I have to say, it's interesting that we see them using a flask this episode. I don't feel like... So, I just rewatched the end of season 14 to get ready for season 15. Mm-hmm. Maybe it was this 15. I can't remember now. It's all blurred. But we see Dean filling a flask, which, one, I've never seen a person in media fill a flask before. And I was like, oh, so that's how you do it. (laughs) But I I don't think we see the Winchesters carrying a lot of flasks. It's usually just the tumblers and a Bottle. bottle of whiskey. Yeah. Or some beers. So interesting that they had a flask here. This might... is No, this can't be our first time seeing them drink whiskey. Or straight liquor. No. But, alright. Just interesting. Uh, I had a theme of Sam's faith. Because we had it in faith, we had it here, and we'll see it again when they first meet angels. You know, Sam's the one like, hey, these are angels, they're on our side, blah, blah, blah. And Dean, the cynical asshole, was like, I don't trust anything. Yeah. (laughs) If they're angels, why aren't they good? Yeah. Oh, it doesn't... (sighs) Why, when I, when we talk about that, do I flash back to, um, is it Sam the Great Pumpkin King? Yeah. I feel like that one deals. using his powers on Halloween. Yeah. And Sam with the demon blood, yeah. 
Yeah, for some reason, talking about Sam and Faith, that makes me think of that episode. Yeah. Um, Motel. Nice. I didn't have that. We had a very distinct... It was a sexy motel, Hannah. Did you yeah. check out the decor? There was sexy silhouettes everywhere. Everywhere. And then the posters on the wall were, like, very, like, hidden in shadow, sexy photographs of the silhouettes of women and stuff. Very weird for brothers to be staying in such a sexy room, but... Yeah. I see you, shippers. Also, also uh, it might have been the last room they had, but... Also, how come when you go into, like, a sexy motel room like that, it's always women that are the sexualized person? I don't know. I've never been in a sexy motel room. I mean, I haven't either, but in media, whenever you see, like, a sexy hotel suite of some sort. Because women are hyper-sexualized always. I know. It occurred to me because recently I was at a brewery, and I went into the women's bathroom, and... Posted along the women's bathroom wall was a a series of photographs of shirtless buff men posing with farm equipment. <laughs> okay. And it was the first time in my life I went into a bathroom and saw, like, sexy men. Sexy anything. Like, that wasn't just pictures of flowers or something. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And it's like, you know, it's refreshing to see some sexy men. <laughs> Do you have anything else? Um, my last theme was breaking and enter. <sighs> I didn't get that one. Good job. Yes, they definitely broke and entered that place. <laughs> yeah. They're criminals through and through. My last theme was God's will. Nice. Nice. That is really good. It's, well, again, with, with the last season starting, it's, like I said, like, this episode, the timing of it, with us watching this the same time that season 15 is premiering, it's yeah, almost a little too perfect. Compare. Yeah. Yeah. It's almost like it's God's will or something. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but it, it's just so interesting in this episode to see the Winchesters revering God's will as though it's perfect and then in contrast season 15 where it's like god is a dickwad (laughs) yeah who just wants to be entertained and wants us to live out his stories and fuck him (laughs) oh yeah oh so good all right hannah yes kindle i think this episode was pretty good yeah so tell me did you find anything to hate your eyes look around you i couldn't really find anything to hate besides the guy that died by impaling like i hated him so much yeah he's gross and he's not even worth talking about so what did you hate yeah well again i don't want to ever hate on aspects of the story that makes sense so while he's a person that absolutely I would hate in real life, in the span of the story, it met a theme, you know, yeah. of people taking advantage, usually in a sexual way. Like, yeah, it, it made sense. Um, so the thing, just in terms of, like, story-wise that I hated, 
I'm trying, I'm trying to think if I want to change my mind or not, but I guess I won't. Um, the pretty painful exposition on angels that we got in the discussion between Sam and Father Reynolds. <laughs> it, Sam is trying to rub into Dean's face how possible angels are. <laughs> yeah. And it comes out so awkward. And it would be one thing if it played as Sam being awkward and trying to push angels on his brother. But it, it comes off more as bad writing. Like, that's the one... Like, there were a couple of moments where you're taken out a little bit. You know, like, Father Reynolds knowing this random small-ass town in Texas. Yeah. But I think... But that almost breezes past you because the story keeps... Continues flowing. Mm-hmm. That, what I think, was... That was, I think, the one moment where I was taken out and realized, oh, this is all acting. <laughs> <laughs> The, these people on the screen are actors, and now they're like, let's introduce you to angels. This is the angel Michael. He fights demons with his sword. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but no, I'm, I'm with you. But like, it, There was very... I won't say that this was faith level of good, but... It was pretty good. And I'm not really sure why. I, I think maybe because it just wasn't as compelling it, it was more existential and less i don't know the stakes were higher with dean dying so i guess faith just came across more as a stronger episode but from all their aspects there's not really much to gripe about in this yeah. episode i i even really enjoyed the fact that both brothers were fighting about what this monster was actually going to be. Um, and then the s- steps they took to prove that it was that monster. I, I love the reveal of the monster and how they got rid of the ghost and all that stuff. It was a, you know, I'm, I'm just, I'm rambling about loves. Hannah, tell me what you loved. I loved Sam so much this episode. <laughs> I'm laughing on the inside. We've gone pretty ghetto with spell work before. This isn't what it looks like. And of course, just how much he wanted to believe really warmed my heart. No. (sighs) I think there were three references to humor where neither of them was laughing. So the, I'm laughing on the inside. There was something before that where Dean said something about being funny and not laughing. And then towards the end, when they were looking at the crypt... And Dean's like, yeah, that's so funny. Blah. (laughs) So tell me, what did you love, Kindle? The part of this episode that I loved the most was Father Reynolds. He was so good. The actor and the character he he portrayed both. In terms of just the character, his work hard and believe in miracles attitude his protection of the church, his quickness in accepting the truth of ghosts. Mm-hmm. Loved all that. And the acting, his kindness and gentleness when sharing the hard truths. A- again, I will reference once more when he just says rest, but as an actor conveys so much in that one word, he's just somebody that I 
would love to have as a spiritual leader. It just yeah, he was great, beautiful, beautiful person. He really was. The world needs more people like that. And Hannah, maybe we'll get some more people like that in this series. Yeah. I can only hope, so let's look forward to next time. Next time on Sisters Talk Brothers, we will be discussing Supernatural Season 2, Episode 14, Born Under a Bad Sign. After Sam goes missing for over a week, Dean finally receives a phone call from his brother. Dean finds Sam in a hotel room covered in blood and suffering from the effects of a week-long memory blackout. Upon investigation, the brothers find a videotape of Sam killing another hunter in cold blood, which leads Sam to believe his dark side is taking over. When the dark side finally emerges, Sam attacks Dean and continues on his hunter-killing spree, with the next targets being family friends Joe Harvell and Bobby Singer. This synopsis was brought to us by Durfel85. Thank you, Durfel. And thank, thank you, Andy. Yeah. Yes, thank you, Durfel. Whoa. Um, Whoa. Yeah. How do this... I not remember this episode? <clears throat> this episode is going to be so intense because, like, I know, you know, we've seen everything, so we're not worried. But watching right. this episode for the first time, you were worried. I was? <laughs> I um, don't anyone, remember this at all. Anyone watching this episode for the first time was worried that this was Sam turning to the dark side in a way that he couldn't control. Is this a shapeshifter episode? No. You want me to tell <gasps> you? No. No, I want to find out. Okay. I, I, I legit... I'm excited. <sighs> I'm I'm disappointed in myself. I, for the most part, have a pretty decent, having seen most of the show only once, pretty decent episode of Supernatural, and I don't remember this so much. Wow, I'm excited. And we get Joe and Bobby in one episode? Mm-hmm. And Sam runs away again, which is like an instant theme? <laughs> All right. Oh, man. So, I'm yeah. so excited. All right. Well, Hannah, if I wanted to reach out to you for some tips on how to go about my murder spree, how would I reach you? You would reach me on Tumblr at Jailbreak Fiend or Everything Overlord. That's Mamisha blog. Oh, Mamisha. You could reach the both of us on Tumblr at Sisters Talk Brothers. And you could reach me on Instagram, also Jailbreak Fiend. And, Kindle, if people wanted to give you tips on your murder spree, how would they do so? Well, they would reach out to me on Tumblr. You know, that's the best place to get your murder tips. At Kindle Abroad. Or on Instagram at Kindle, Kindle, Kindle. And if you wanted to inform us both on the best way to cover your traces, you would reach us at Sisters Talk Brothers at Jamale. <laughs> so, tune in next week for more monsters, more brothers, and more sisters. Bye. Bye. Your favorite color.
All right. Are we good to go? We are good to go. G to G. Then G to Jesus. Because this is our holy episode. <laughs> Praise the Lord. And we're recording on a Sunday. Do we Shit balls. Our episode starts in Providence. 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 Our episode starts in... Yankee Doodle Dandy, right? Uh, uh-huh. Yankee Doodle Dandy. Macaroni in the cap. Something. And call him Macaroni. Stuck a feather in his hat and call it Macaroni, yeah. How's that song go, actually? <laughs> Anyways. <laughs> What's your grand old flag? Put a cigar in her mouth and called it Canceroni. Gross. Ah, uh, you feel sad, but oh, shut you. <laughs> shut Father- you. Shut you. <laughs> shut you. Shut you. <laughs> the episode where we meet Anne. Anna. Anna. Sorry, my bad. Anna rhymes with Hannah. Poetry episode. Chattanooga. <laughs> I love this show and I love us.